0: Welcome to the Subscription Secrets Podcast, your quick guide to mastering the subscription business world. So dive into concise episodes packed with strategies, expert insights, and real success stories to ensure success in your subscription business. Hey folks and welcome back to the podcast. Um, In today's session there's a a really cool uh, procedure we follow which I'm really happy with and we've seen it work at all phases of your business and so I want to talk a little bit today about how to deploy this and how it works and how we use it and uh, the reasons that we use it in this way and I want to start out by talking about the concept of personalization Um, and there's this this concept in marketing and psychology and i'm sure you've heard of it but it's a perceived customization and ultimately what that means is a little bit of the precursor to personalization so uh, i'll talk a little bit about that but the example i often use in my sessions is apple apple does a great job of creating perceived customization in their marketing approach so if you take for example a macbook right they have you know, very few options in MacBooks or, you know, you get like a MacBook air and then a MacBook pro, and you maybe have like three options within each, um, and sometimes you can customize a bit more. Uh, But at their marketing level, at their lead gen level, what they have is this approach called perceived customization. And any company can deploy this, lead gen in their advertising, um, traffic generation, social strategies. But the idea is that for every avatar that you have, I think a lot of people come down the pike the wrong way on this and they think, oh, my product only appeals to this one person. And that's not necessarily true. But for Apple, the way they approach that is that they take single products like a MacBook and they market it to individual types of people in very customized ways. So you think about how they would market a MacBook to a student versus a business owner versus a general public person. And they're very different approaches because the student is going to be looking for not necessarily high performance unless they're in you into like video editing or photo editing, they're not going to be looking for high performance. They're really looking ultimately, let's be truthful about it. They're looking for a little bit of a fashion statement. You know, I've got a MacBook. Um, They're looking for productivity and a streamlined user interface. and, And that's that's probably the core of their reasoning. The business owners reason for buying a MacBook is very different. They're probably looking for high performance. They're looking for productivity, looking for tools and the apps and the ecosystem, you know, so that everything feeds into you know your phone, to your laptop, to your iPad. It's all, you know, that ecosystem that Apple's created. So those are just examples. But the idea being that the way they market to those individual avatars is very different and that's what perceived customization is. The product isn't any different, but on the end of the user, it is perceived to be tailored for them. And that's really important because that engages empathy in the avatar in the person, the customer, the prospect. And what that means is that we start to have affinity with that product because of the way that we've been marketed to. And that's an important thing that we can all deploy in our businesses for sure. Um, So you can start it at lead gem and you can have a a single product, but you maybe market it to different people in different ways. Um, Give you an example, in our watch club, we have um, 97% of our customer base in terms of the subscriptions is male, right? and that's very normal it's average for the industry you know 95 97% but what we also would do then is we would change our marketing for for example um you know partners or wives of people males who are into watches and so we would market it to them in a different way we're not going to say to the same thing to a wife of a collector versus a collector and so the marketing can be tweaked slightly, even at that prospecting stage, that marketing lead gen stage. Um, Now when we get into the concept of personalization, that's when somebody's coming into the funnel and there are a number of different ways that we utilize personalization. So we can actually use it to prescribe a product for a customer, we can use it to help the customer understand that we care we can use it to gather the correct information from the customer so that they're more likely to stay longer on board with their subscription through things like style profilers and then we can actually use it as a post-sale engagement tool and personalization where people feel that they're being cared for, they're being listened to, that we um, we want to hear their perspective so that we as a company can get better. So all those things are true and valid. I'm going to talk a little bit now about how we utilize them. For example, in the watch club, you heard that initial that prospecting lead gen concept where we're going to market to our core audience slightly differently from the people who are maybe buying gifts, right? Um, and that's just one example of how that could work. but. As people come into the site, we use this when we set up our first subscription business. At the start, now we built this in WordPress, and this is something I, I really hope that a lot of other systems, you know, we can do with without having to do workarounds. But what we did was at one stage we had introduced, frankly, too many plans. <laughs> not going to lie, but we had like about eleven plan variants that we had for customers in our watch club, and so customer would come in and they'd be greeted with eleven plans. And the pricing on that would range from like $149 per month up to uh, $1,000 a month or quarter. And those are very different people, right? A person willing to spend $150 on a watch is at a very different phase in their journey with watches as compared to somebody willing to spend $1,000 without blinking on a mystery watch. So very very different types of people um and so what we did at that stage was we developed now we had a development team so we got them to do this um it probably cost us i don't know a thousand dollars or something or 600 i can't remember but um it was well worth it because the money and again thinking about systems and the investment in systems you've got to think about the future Right. So when we built this system, we had it as an onboarding experience. Now, one example of how this works, you could check out is uh, if you go to warbyparker.com, you know, the glasses people and um, they have the quiz right at the start. So you can actually look for like a style quiz in their system and you, you complete it. And it's basically are you male or female? What colors do you like? What sizes do you like? What shape would you like of glasses? And It's not just an onboarding or like a post checkout step. It's actually a lead gen step where they engage with people and they let people know that they're listening and then they recommend a product at the end of it. And that's exactly what we did in the watch club. Um, And we custom built this journey. People would come in and they would answer four or five questions and some of the questions didn't factor in the result they got you know what types of watches do you like Um, because we were going to collect that information after they signed up anyway but what we did was we created a sequence of questions that were for example uh, do you have an ideal budget per month to invest in watch collecting and they would answer that and they would it would be on a like a sliding scale and they may say uh three hundred dollars right and Then they would answer, what types of watches do you like? Dive watches, dress watches, GMTs and so on, hit that. Um, Have you had experience with watch clubs before? Yes, no, your experience. And um, then they would basically complete the survey, hit submit, our system would do its thing and we had programmed in a number of parameters in the background, even though this is quite complex, but if you think it really works from a conversion standpoint, but we programmed in all these parameters in the background and then we spat out two options for them. So instead of having 11 plan options, different configurations at vastly different price points, we then just had two choices for them. And so what they had said, say they designated 300 bucks for their monthly watch budget. We would say to them, hey, here's your option. You could go for our middle plan, which is exactly $300 per month. Or you could go for our two watch plan, which includes two watches at a slightly lower value for 279 and here's your choice, you know, pick one. And so if they wanted the, the lower value watches but more watches, they would choose one avenue. And if they wanted higher quality watches and just like one a month, they would choose the other. And it's basically a fork in the road moment. It's a very simple, clear choice and it's been created because they answered questions so they know it's personalized to them and so that was our way around having too many choices was we knew we had a market we knew we wanted to get these products out to people but having 11 plans in front of you was causing the old paralysis through over analysis right so there were just you know, too many options too many options so that's the first element of this is precursor to sale, you can personalize the experience where people feel like you're engaging with them, even though that's system-based, but they feel like you you care about them, you're customizing the experience for them. And then when they have the two choices, the fork in the road moment, they should really, when they hit that, they should be at bottom of funnel where they're ready to opt in and they just need that two choice, that simple, split in the road, choose your journey. You can upgrade it, you can change it at any time, but let's get started here. So that's the first phase that you can do it at. Um, The second thing we do in the Watch Club is, of course, we have a style profiler. So exactly the same concept as what I mentioned with Warby Parker. They have this basically a style profile, it's very, very similar. And uh, in fact, when we first built this in WordPress like four years ago, we actually based a lot of our personalization of the Warby Parker model. That's why I refer back to it. Um, But the style profiler itself is also the it's the onboarding tool. And it it helps people understand that we're listening, we're customizing. It's a personalized experience that, again, creates more empathy, more loyalty, um, more likelihood to complete the checkout and stay around and see what happens. Um, and so we ask things like, you know, what styles would you like? What sizes of watches would you like? What accessories would you like? Um, what really do you not want to see out of a watch that comes to you from us? This, that, and the other. And then they complete that and then they're 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 good to go. They've they've already checked out, they've committed to the plan, they've paid their money, and now it's just a waiting game. So that's the, the other phase. And then the final phase we actually use personalization in is well there's two there's two elements to this there's the post sale phase and so what we do is we have automation set up within our system and if you know me you know i use Subly for most of my businesses you could do it in wordpress you could do it in uh, shopify um, some other systems you can do it in as well but i just find it's very customizable within Subly, and i like it a lot but we trigger automation emails to go out to our customers at designated points in their journey. So for example, we have, um, and all all our emails will be personalized with their first name as something I should mention. So it really jumps off the page. It feels like personalized email communication, even at that level, it's a big thing to do. It it should be done that way. so when an email goes out what we'll do after say for example 60 days we will trigger an automation to go out after they've signed up and say hey listen John we really hope you've been enjoying our watch club we're always trying to improve we've got a ton of new features coming out this year so that builds anticipation excitement and the you know the the FOMO the fear of missing out as we know and would you mind just taking a couple of minutes to fill out a quick customer experience survey? We wanna hear what you would love to see most of all from our watch club moving forward so we can tailor the experience for people just like you. And what that does is that just that embellishes the empathy. That creates this swell of emotion in the user that says, hey, these people are listening, they've personalized an email. Even though people know, it's not personalized, it's a system-based thing, but it still feels that way. Their initial gut response is, oh, that's personalized to me. Click through, do the survey. Sometimes what we'll do at the next phase, which I'm gonna talk about, is we'll actually tell them that we're going to give them some credit into their account or cash back for them doing this survey. Um, But ultimately, that's another way that you can create this personalized experience where it does feel intensely personal for the user it feels that we're listening that we're customizing things and ultimately when we do that and we ask about the survey we are we're listening we're looking at the data that's coming out we create like a little survey in google forms or mailchimp or survey monkey or whatever you're using and we get the data at the end of it And we go well flip loads of people are looking for this high-level plan that we maybe didn't think that we could offer you know $1,500 a quarter or something like that now we need to get to work on this because if the 30 people that responded and said they would want to be a part of this actually opt in and of course they're not all going to opt in but say 10 of them do and we offer that out as a, a single launch at you know 1500 bucks to opt in that's another 15 grand if just 10 of them opt in in terms of revenue for the business um so that's another personalization aspect. Now, the final one is slightly different. And this is the, the first one there that I talked about, or the, sorry, the, the last one with the the survey. That is really an engagement tool. That's a loyalty builder. It's, um, it helps people feel that we're personalizing it. But it's really... Uh, a retention strategy as well. We want them to know that we're listening uh, and that we care about them. And then, like I say, what we can do is follow up with maybe an automation that credits their account with like 20 bucks for, for filling in a survey or something like that. But the final stage to this is if somebody has churned, uh, actually, nowadays, the slight precursor to that is if somebody is at risk of churning. And again, to go back to the concept of the subly system, which I use for uh, most of my clients and all my own businesses in the subscription sphere, uh, in terms of physical product businesses, they have the new churn prediction suite. So we actually trigger automations that send out surveys at pre-churn phase saying, hey, we value your opinions. Would you mind just taking two minutes to da-da-da? And then we, again, credit their account with like 20 bucks um, after the fact. Um, and that's really a, a, hey, don't churn, you know, listen, we're, we're caring, we're trying to adjust what we do, we're making things better, regardless of your reason for churn, hear us out, you know, that type of thing. And then the second phase to that is, if they do end up churning, we'll trigger an email survey, a personalization approach to go out after that. So once they churn, we don't hit it with them instantly because they'll actually complete a short survey as a reason for leaving and um, and that's fine and that's good and that's good data to have. But what we do is we wait either 30, 45, 60 days and we follow up with them and we say, Hey, listen, we, you know, it's been quiet around here. We miss you. Would you mind just taking two minutes to complete a quick survey uh, about your watch collecting experience with us? We're always trying to get better. We're trying to improve our repro- approach. We'd love to know, you know, your core reasoning and, and what, you want to see out of a watch club if you would want to come back and um, of course after that we credit their account and say hey listen if you want to come back we've just issued a fifty dollar credit into your account um, you know no strings attached but we thank you for your taking the time to do the survey and if you ever do want to hop on board that credit is waiting for you in your account for your first month and so you can now see how personalization plays a huge role across The lead generation um the uh, engagement factor on the website the conversion the onboarding the customization the pre-churn the post-churn phases and at all phases you can initiate these types of emails and automations and requests of your customers or past customers or future customers and all it does is feel like a personalization approach for them they feel that you're listening that the they, that creates a huge amount of empathy more likely to create loyalty um, we just had a customer there who came back after almost two years away and the reason that happened was i think i maybe mentioned this at, at the start but we use intercom for our customer support and i was going through our customer list and i noticed that he specifically He used to be like a $600 a month customer. And then he went up to $1,000 for a little while and then dropped back and then he left and he had some health issues and that kind of thing. That was totally cool. Um, You know, those things happen and you can't protect against those. But what we did was, what I did, I just noticed his name and I wrote out to him individually. I said, hey, John, just, you know, I, I remember last time we spoke, you were dealing with some health issues and um, I hope everything's going great for you now Uh, just to let you know if you're ever wanting to get back involved in the watch game uh, we're here for you you know we'd love to hear from you just you know shoot me an email and and let me know how you've been doing and um, you know I hope everything's been going great and uh, happy new year type thing and um, it was funny because that was a few weeks ago and then this morning I noticed he signed up again and he must have got the email you know a few weeks ago before Christmas and um, you know I was just sort of doing a generic and I hope your holiday season's good happy new year when it comes but it was in his mind that that had been personalized to him and it, it, that legitimately was that was a, a personalized message from me to him um, and he came back on board and now he's back on his you know a month plan for watches. And uh, I'm glad he is because he's a lovely guy. He loves watches like I do. And um, it's great, you know. So those types of things, personalization can be deployed just to sum it up at every phase of your journey, your user journey, customer journey, pre-launch, uh, sorry, pre uh, lead generation in your ads, in your marketing, in your onboarding, your prescription of different plans. Like I discussed, how we customize that, um, and during the user process processes, their customer, and then post as well. And it should be, I think, it you know these are all legitimate ways to engage with and build loyalty and and touch points. Because a lot of people, you're thinking about that post churn moment. A lot of people leave. For reasons that you you cannot fathom, you don't know. It could be they've had a death in the family. They you know they financially had some major change in their life, um, and that doesn't mean that they don't love your company. And that's why that data is really important to gather. It also doesn't mean like John that they're not going to come back on board when the timing is right for them. And that's so important that you keep in communication with those people with a personalized approach because it really does genuinely make a difference at every single phase of the customer journey. So guys, that's the importance of personalization. Hopefully that was of help. Do let me know if you have any questions regarding how to implement and deploy that in your individual business. Hit me up. I'm here to talk systems, strategy, different approaches, different ways based on your custom uh, unique business, how that might work and i'm always here to help so listen hopefully the general session was of help and you can now take some of those strategies forward um, like i say hit me up anytime i'm here and uh, meantime thank you for listening take care i'll see you in the next one